What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Almighty Podcast. This is Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com, and as always, I am joined by... Adam from Back Patio Network. And we are here to discuss two more episodes of My Hero Academia. Actually, we are covering episodes 95 and 96, the very creatively titled episodes 95 and 96, which covers the manga chapters 202 through 206. Yeah, and you know, you say creatively titled. They're literally named Match 3 and Match 3 Conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> being facetious, but yeah. Yeah, they, it's it's very lazily titled. I told uh, Adkins before we started that we we're going to name this episode, uh, episode 78, the 78th episode. Yeah. Um, before we jump into episodes 95 and 96, Adam, I have a quick question for you. Something okay. that plagued my mind and kind of shocked me a little bit earlier this week. Do you know what UA stands for? Like the school in My Hero Academia? Yes. You know, I guess I never thought to question it. I, I university something or other, right? Universe something? No, I I mean I I was I was like surely it stands for something. Um I could not find that it, that is that it is an acronym. What it is, I have found is that it is the Japanese word hero backwards. So the word hero in Japanese is apparently pronounced AU and so they just flipped around so you get UA. See, Didn't know even that. more proof that Nezu is evil because a backwards hero, <laughs> like they're training backwards heroes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Man, how in the world do you keep bringing that back around? It's it's it that is your that is your quirk. You're just able to bring it right back around to Nezu being evil. I'm just saying. Anyways, that's interesting. I, n- I actually never thought about that. That's uh that's cool. Nice find. Yeah. I don't know why. I think I was thinking about the the old uniforms, you know, that had the U at the top and the A at the sure. bottom, and somehow you you missed that visually. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember you being like, "What? There's a U and an A on there?" It's like, "Yeah, super obvious, bro." Uh, but yeah, I was like, "Yeah, I don't had no idea what that stood for." So I did some internet research, and it's not an acronym. It's just the Japanese word "hero" backwards. That's interesting. There you go. Nice. Um, you learn something new every day. The other thing I wanted to uh, talk about at the beginning of this episode before we jump in is, uh, and we had mentioned. Uh, Ness or Necessary Evil uh, at the beginning of last episode of the AMP is somebody who has jumped, I mean, straight into the My Hero world because of some terrible and oversimplified Yu-Gi-Oh comparison that I made. And in like a month's time, maybe six weeks, he's watched every episode of the anime and is current on the podcast. He did skip Vigilantes, but... Uh, you know, that's that's fair. He's he's anime only, which is an incredible feat. And he's been very vocal in the discord, not just um, dropping in and, and making fun of what we're talking about that he has no clue about. Now he's asking questions and pointing things out. And it's been super fun. And uh, he went <laughs> he went on iTunes and left us a review. So this is number one, a reminder that if you could do that, that would be awesome. Um, we're up to 11. Thanks to Ness. And I wanted to read this to you because it made me laugh. So he titled it Detroit Smashing It, which is (laughs) great. That's (laughs) awesome. He did give us five stars, uh, which is good. He said, was recommended to watch MHA from Mike on a whim, and I actually binged the entirety of the show in a short time, as well as binging this podcast. Mike and Adam are a delight, and the conversation is always great. Minor gripe I have with the show is simple. Too much hating on my boy (laughs) Mineta. Jokes aside, this is a fantastic podcast, and I can't wait for more episodes. That's awesome. (laughs) So thanks for the uh, thanks for the review, Ness. And if you're listening and you haven't left us an iTunes review, it is helpful. Uh, Adam was saying that we are climbing some charts and after shows in several countries. Um, 
so that's that's pretty cool. What, what's our highest ranking in Mexico? You said, uh, yeah, like right now we're like ranked 69th in Mexico for after shows. Nice. We were 124 the other day for uh, U.S. after shows. So we keep climbing up in ranks, and uh, it's awesome. You know, we're we're building an awesome Discord community, and it's been a lot of. I know I'm not super active in there lately, but that's just because been, uh, work's been killing me. But like, it's so cool just having so many good folks to talk anime with, even if it's not just my hero. I mean, you know, I was posting stuff about Dragon Ball Z skateboards the other day. And that got some conversations going. So, and I know you're watching GT. So, you know, it's it's I awesome. Uh, we're getting to meet a lot of great folks. Well, let's give them something else to talk about here uh, in in our coverage of episode 95, which is again creatively titled Match Three. Take us away. So we pick right off with Tokoyami basically choking on some mushrooms, and I I mean, you know, the the mushroom girl Kanoko Komori is her name, I think. Uh, She's just like, hey, you know, uh, why don't you go see Recovery Girl? And he's like, yep, gonna have to. Like, yeah, you're choking on some mushrooms, man. Uh, and it's really funny because we we transition away and there's this robot that's like carrying Momo. And he says, why must we carry the injured? And he brings up something about the rescue doctrine. And my first thought was like, okay, so is AI a thing in this world? Like, I didn't, maybe I've brought this up before, but I mean, with the way he's talking, it almost sounds like there are like AI laws in place, like robots have to serve the humans, you know? And there are several times this little robot talks about this. And it is like, they're constantly complaining, that's for yeah. sure. Like, they say, that, you know, humans can't get stronger without training. They're so inefficient. They're constantly just shaming. And dunking on humans, which is it's great. It's just funny. It, but it also made me wonder, what if there's like a teacher on staff that can control robots and these poor robots are like, it's not even AI. They're just being basically controlled by some teacher. That would be like, that's the <laughs> like, downfall to the quirk is it gives the robots a personality. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I think I told you before that they look like the roadkill Rodneys from the old Ninja Turtles cartoon, which which it's still true and it still it still is delightful. Absolutely. To me. Yeah. You get Shinso uh, kind of surveying the damage that was created during the second match, which is, you know, right after the match where they were like, hey, or no, this is the match rather that they they were like, all right, let's take it easy on the level of destruction here. They ended up having to shift where they hold the third match away from the second match's place, primarily, I would guess, because of Manga Fukudashi stuff, but also because there's still mushrooms like everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as I was just like, yeah, training in the hero course kind of looks like this, you know, and this this group might have gone a tad overboard. Um, manga, I think, did the, the majority of that. Vlad chastises Manga and Kendo for not keeping damage to a minimum. Um, and then since Kanoko's mushrooms wouldn't disappear for another hour or two, they they go on a minor break. They shift to another place for the third match. Yeah, and there's this scene where Monoma is like going on some sort of tirade, and it's great because Kendo knocks him out. And then I think it's Ashido, or I, I want to say it's Ashido, that is like, why does he bother when he knows she's going to take him out? Like, he does it every time, though. Yeah, I mean, but if between Kendo and Awase, they keep Monoma in line. And now Aizawa. <laughs> Aizawa choked him out uh, when uh, Class B showed up at the, uh, right. at the training grounds, too. Yeah. And uh, Mineta's just like, he never changes, does he? And I, I have in my notes, pot, meat, kettle, pedal, or kettle, meat, <laughs> right. pot. Because um, you, you don't change either, Mineta. Sorry. Uh, you're, kind of, you're kind of always the same. Uh, Hagakure is, is kind of chit-chatting with Manga, saying that she didn't know that he could make anything that big. And he's he's being all humble about it. And I just have in my notes, it's not that kind of anime. And moving right along, Midoriya <laughs> is taking all these notes. Um, and he's 
talking about how they've grown mentally, not just as their quirks. And there's this silly little joke in there where Ochaka says, well, you've grown too. And Mineta says, not as much as me. And Mina says, I don't see it. And Mineta says, I'm not talking about height. And that's a little different than how it was presented in the manga, but it was still pretty good. Well, regardless, All Might walks up and decides he wants to talk to Midoriya. And so they sneak off. But it's kind of funny because I think it's Mineta that's like, man, he spent a lot of time with All Might. And, and Ochaka was like, well, you know, since the... the um, how was it the not USJ but the uh, the tournament? What was it a tournament? The festival? I think it was since the festival. Uh, he's been working a lot with All Might, and uh, Ashido was Armina is just like, yeah, you would know, wouldn't you, girl? Like really hitting about it, uh, and she accidentally sends her quirk off and sends Mina flying. Yeah, <laughs> I guess she accidentally brushes Mina when uh, when she's rebuffing her. I think is the yeah. Term. And uh, I like, too, the beginning of the scene where All Might in his uh, Jinko Jeans form comes up and he says, I'm here, quietly, yeah. <laughs> or unremarkably is how he says it in the manga, which is great. Uh, but Mina just makes the best of a bad situation as she's flying up in the air and just starts breakdancing, which is awesome. She has such a positive <laughs> attitude, like, all the time. It's so cool. Yeah. So All Might wants to know if Deku has had any accidents since his uh, midnight uh, excursion with his sleepy powers, is what I'm going to say. I think you had a really great term for it, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Oh, what was it? It was nocturnal something. It was a it was a playoff of nocturnal. Yeah, emissions. I can't remember what it was, but uh, anyways, Deku says nothing's happened, and he said something here about how his master had never mentioned it. And when I first heard him, I thought he had like gone and talked to her, but I was under the impression that she had passed. And then I, when I rewatched it, I realized he's saying like she had never mentioned it to him directly. So he's he's gonna go talk to Gran Torino, which is what I thought he told him like weeks ago. Like why hasn't he talked to Gran Torino yet? It just seemed like a I don't know, maybe my timeline is skewed, but it just seemed kind of weird that the amount of time had gone by and he had not already done that. Uh, but he does tell him, like, hey, be really careful when you fight Shinzo because he is sort of the one that triggered all this. I mean, the first time that this quirk started acting differently was when Deku fought Shinzo back in the tournament. So I see, keep calling yeah. it a tournament. I've, is it the festival? Is it legitimate for me to call it the tournament or am I just being crazy? It was this. It was the sports fest, but the the last thing was a tournament styled one v one. I feel justified. So I think that's fair to justified. refer to it as that. Yeah. And then Bakugo slides in and gets this. It elicits a really funny reaction from uh, Midoriya because he's like, "Wow, Achan!" Yeah. <laughs> he says like like he's Wario or Waluigi. Um, and uh, Baka goes, look, look, you you two asked me to keep quiet about your relationship and, and to keep it secret, but you guys keep sneaking around and it's getting kind of obvious. Yeah, he's like, y'all are flaunting and, this in public. Stop it. <laughs> and what's great is in the uh, in the in the anime, All Might's just like, hmm. And Baka goes, he says, don't hmm at me. He's <laughs> like, did something happen with One for All? I can't tell if you're improving or going backwards. You know, how long until you make it, until you master it? Which I think is a really hard question. How do you know timeline for something like that um but he takes this opportunity to say listen i've gotten stronger since the last time we fought which is kind of a veiled threat but also kind of a statement of important fact like i'm i'm improving and i'm not sure you are which is you you could see that as kind of bakugo pushing midoriya from behind Oh, absolutely and all might calls it i mean all might's like man i really like he's being endearing in in a bakugo kind of way like when he says how long is it going to take you to master it it's not like Oh, you're taking too long. As much as it's like him encouraging Deku to like, come on, get on it, man. Like you got, you're gonna gotta get this. You gotta get on top of this. And and All Might approves, and he starts smiling. And Baka goes like, Hey, don't smile at this. Like you can definitely tell he he realizes he's definitely embarrassed. Yeah, in the in the manga, he says that stupid grin grinds my gears. So knock it off. <laughs> he's not nearly as violent in the manga sometimes as I expect him to be. 
Now he, I mean, he, he vacillates. I mean, he definitely has his triggers. Sure. I, I'm hoping, fingers crossed and looking a little bit forward from uh, even where we end this episode, I'm hoping we get one of those super exaggerated Bakugo is super pissed and he's all stretched out panels in the next fight. <laughs> it's got to happen. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah, because in the next few episodes, it's going to be his turn. So yeah, it's got to happen. That's going to be... That's I love those scenes where he just like turns into Satan for a second. Those are really <laughs> cool shots. That's awesome. Well, we, we transition over and we see Recovery Girl taking care of Momo and they've got this whole new area being prepped and uh, the teachers are like, all right, hey, take it easy on this area. Uh, and we start up the next match. So we've got Todoroka, Ida, Ojiro, and Shoji versus Tetsu, 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 Hananuki, Tsunotori, and Kaibara. Yeah, and Deku is kind of commenting on all this, and he says that with Ida's speed, Roki's range, Shoji's recon, and Ojiro's CQC, Midoriya thinks that they've got a real good shot, that they've definitely got better balance than the 1B team does. Yeah, he definitely seems to think so. And we, we transitioned to a scene with uh, Todoroki, like, interacting with Tokoyami, which I don't, I guess he's returning from being uh, treated by Recovery Girl at this point. And yeah, I think it's fair to he's say. He's telling Todoroki, like, hey, you know, I, I've kind of shamed uh, us. I need you to, to win this one. You've got to uphold the honor. And Todoroki's like, what are you talking about? And he explains that they both trained under people that fought in the last big combat. Like, the last big battle with Nomu was Endeavor and Hawks. And they have both trained under them and are, are tied to them somehow. So they're kind of holding up their honor, and they need to be able to succeed in this and, and win and, and help show that like these teachers did a good job. And I think this kind of hits Todoroki weird. Like he's definitely thinking about his relationship with his dad and how it's strained and how things have been changing. I mean, we saw that scene with him and his family and how things are. Uh, so it's, it's definitely pulling in some memories that honestly, he probably doesn't want to be thinking about in the middle of this fight. To, uh, when Tokoyami says we are, you know, we have to represent those that we kind of interned with or had these work study programs with well, um, you know, for, for Todoroki, it wasn't just a mentor or a pro hero that he tagged along with for a while. It was his dad. And so with that comes this memory of being trained um, by Endeavor at home and Endeavor standing over him. I mean, I think even in the anime, it's like he's uh, Todoroki's on the ground and he's basically on all fours like standing over a pool of his own vomit and he's sweating all over he's the like place crying and, and stuff. It, yeah. Yeah. Endeavor standing over him and he's just like, listen, you, you will learn these moves. There's no running from me. There's no running from yourself. So stand, don't be so damn soft. Toya, he says, came close and his fire was greater than mine, but he took after Ray in his constitution. So he came close, but now I have you and it has to be you. You're the only one who can do this particular technique. And then, uh, Todoroki starts getting shaken out of this this remembering uh, by members of his team calling his name. Yeah, they want to make sure that he's okay. And I think it's funny because Ojiro is like, you don't really you know, show your emotions. Like you, Your face doesn't change. I have no idea what you're thinking ever. <laughs> yeah, but Ida's like, you know, I, re I realize that because I'm the class right. president. And that's, you know, it's my job to observe. Remember, and I'm, <laughs> even though we're not a visual podcast, I'm doing the little Ida arms thing <laughs> as, I'm, uh, as I'm mimicking that's him. That's awesome. 
Well, I mean, speaking of Ida, he even brings up that like, you know, he's he's really got to prove to himself and, and prove to his brother that he deserves the Ingenium name. This is just another instance where he's got to step up and, and show off. Like he's got to show off what he's learned, but also step up to the plate and be the hero that his brother would want him to be. Uh, so right off the bat, this thing starts. And we when we switch over to class B, it's Tetsu, Tetsu, Tetsu complaining about people thinking that he's dumb. And he's like, look, our team's bad at scouting. And he just starts thrashing everything around him. He's like, we got to level this whole area and just have a head-on fight. And it's funny because Kaibara is like, dude, that's totally not the plan. We literally just talked about this. And it doesn't seem like Tetsu, Tetsu, Tetsu cares at all. So he's wrecking the place, and it switches over to Vlad, who just has this like, what the hell kind of face. Like, I literally (laughs) just told you not to destroy this area. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. I wanted to... There, there was a, a word that that Ida mentions that catches Deku's attention um, kind of before we cut over to Class B where uh, Ingenium is saying, Ingenium, uh, Ida is saying, you know, my brother's recovery is coming along really well. We get this scene where he's sitting at the hospital and the person that we know as Ingenium is still recovering from his encounter with Stain, but he seems to be making good progress. But he says, you know what, even if I recover my time as Ingenium ends here. So will you take this name for me? And what Ida says to his classmates is, you know, I took third place at the sports festival too. The only reason he wasn't there is he had to run off because his brother was in the hospital um, or had been attacked. So he says, I'll show everyone the strong spirit of his successor. And I really liked that because when he says that, that word successor, that catches Deku's attention because that's what Deku is too. You know, um, he is a successor. And so, Ida and, and Midoriya are both in, in a similar place with regards to that. And Todoroki a little bit, but in a, a different way, I would That's argue. really neat. I, I did not pick up on that at all. So kudos, man. That's cool. Yeah. No, so we <laughs> cut back over to Tetsu. Tetsu's just leveling everything. Uh, and uh, Juzo Honanuki is just like, well, we can work with this. <laughs> they cracked me <laughs> and, up. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he, his quirk is uh, this, this thing that lets him like liquefy stuff, but they keep harping on how flexible he is, which I guess go, it's a, it's a joke about what his quirk is because every time that the, their strategy seems to change, he's just like, all right, we can work with that. All right. Yeah. We can work with and that. Kaibara even mentions once or twice, like your flexibility is freaking killing me, man. You know, like he does not want to change. And at some point in time, pony starts talking in English. He's like, Kaibara's like, this is so crazy. You're causing Pony to talk in English. And then Juzo starts talking in English. And he's like, well, I can too. You know, it was funny. Uh, Super flexible. Yeah, super flexible. Uh, So as this is happening, they realize that more than likely Shoji is going to approach. I mean, Juzo is even like, this is probably exactly what's going to happen. They're going to attack with Todoroki. Uh, I think someone mentions that that they don't think that the class 1A would even bother attacking them because they probably would think it's a trap. And Juzo's like, nope, if it was me, I would attack head on. Why would you not? They're all fighters. So that's what we get, man. It is incredible. Like Todoroki just comes out of the gate with it, freezes everything around them. Yeah, well, before we even get to their showing up on that scene, I think we cut away a little bit to... Yeah, that we get this we get this scene with Endeavor, which is great because we cut away to a villain who I have in my notes is using ab rollers to evade pro heroes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he has like this isn't in the manga, like it's not depicted anywhere. But it looked like, you know, those little ab rollers yeah. with the wheel with the two handles on the side. That's what it looked like he had all over I his arms. Him, I'm sure he just had wheels. I called hands. him the off road villain. That you know, I think that that's fair. 
but uh, Keto, one of um, Endeavor Agency's sidekicks, is is driving behind him in a car. That's this guy evades Endeavor and plots to take a kid hostage, um, but he gets intercepted. Uh, so the the kid he rescues, the kid that Endeavor rescues, actually thanks him. And this is kind of reminiscent of that time where Hawks was walking around with Endeavor, and Endeavor maybe isn't so good at being like personable, but you know, so you tensed up. Like I don't. Well, I did as I as this kid was like being asked this question from, you know, being approached to Endeavor and being thanked for rescuing him. I, I had this tense where I was like, oh, what's yeah, he going to do? Here. And he says, Endeavor, he's he's improving. He asked the kid if he's hurt and they he says no. And then he's like, well, be careful and on your way home. And I was like, man, way to go, Endeavor, man. He's he's moving in the right direction. So I'm totally convinced that kid is cement tosses kid. Because it's just a cinder block child. There's no way. There is no way. There are more than like one or two people with that that quirk. He looks just like Cementos. I don't remember what the kid there looks like, and he's not in the like, manga that I'm flipping through. There was through. one that was like a duck. Like I feel like he just had like a duck bill or something, and like <laughs> flippers, you know. And then and then the other one was just a cinder block kid. He was just Cementos, but small. Other evidence of Endeavor's improvements is that they are starting to get requests for team-ups, yeah. which I think is implied as a new situation for his agency. Um, and so he's just like, you know, make a list of the requests. This feels, again, like it's a new protocol. And he says, with Fuyumi's help, I finally friended Shoto's account. And in the anime, that's what he says. And that makes it sound like he's like creeping on Shoto's Facebook right. or Insta. I, I assumed it was that hero uh, application that they use. But that's not how it's depicted on the phone. It looks just it like text messaging. It just looks app. like he's texted him. <laughs> and he's been left on red, as the kids say. He's texted Roki a handful of times asking him, you know, uh, Shoto, how are you? Talk to me. I'm still waiting for your reply. And he's just totally being left on red. And uh, he's he's explaining. He's kind of uh, pontificating to himself. I'm I'm different now than from when I disregarded what you wanted before. And now that you've started walking towards who you want to be, I want to teach you that move. Um, like a good father, he says, but he's he's still being ignored. And there's this really funny scene where he's just holding this phone and his sidekicks are kind of standing behind him. And he just yells, Shoto, like he did um, at the sports fest. And uh, the, the sidekicks are just like, here, he's got that Shoto sickness again. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh way too hard. Yeah. And then it like transitions to Todoroki sneezing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't catch that until just now but that is a pretty funny transition yeah. so it transitions to him sneezing and then this is when they they pull on their attack uh i mean they spread out it seems like they've got uh ida up in kind of these like rafts and then ojiro is kind of stalking back behind uh todoroki off to the side shoji's right there playing recon and toads just <laughs> freezes everything uh they're all stuck at least it appears to be that way but we find out that juzo was able to like soften the ice his quirk is kind of weird because it shows several instances where he's just like swimming through goo and but like yes. behind him it seems like it's like solidifying so i don't know i don't know his quirk is just weird and i don't know that i fully understand it's all of its applications me neither the swimming thing I was I just have in my notes swimming with a question yeah. mark like what how and how? I mean it makes sense that it's... maybe he can do it but like other people can't because he could just be constantly moving things around him I don't know but then there's also this weird thing where like he melted the ice and all of a sudden it was super gooey on everybody and they were like Kaibara is able to like flick it away and it's like a gelatin but at some point in time he rehardens it so did that turn into like ice chunks 
You know what I mean? And, and I then there's know. also what? there's a scene where Ojiro, when he's like hopping in to try and like I say hopping, that's probably awful since he has a tail. But whenever he's like jumping into the scene, he's he's trying to kick butt, but he can't because of this ice. And when he runs away, he hops on a pipe that looked normal, but then wasn't normal. So I don't know. There's like some weird consistencies with this one. Yeah, and they they kind of make note that. Uh, I think Ojiro is the one who says that Honanuki activated his quirk on the ice before he was frozen. So he makes some mention of his soft reflexes. And that would then, have had to have been split seconds. I mean, geez, that's insane. But then Honanuki is also just like, well, I also just randomly softened things all around here. So, uh, you know, it's become its own obstacle course, um, which is kind of cool. And then we get this weird pairing. I totally did not call this correctly last week. Um, that, I, I was like, I, I guess maybe Ojiro and Tetsu Tetsu are going to square off, but it's Kaibara and Ojiro. Yeah, I didn't expect that. And there's also some weirdness when they do fight, because like when they're fighting, Ojiro makes a comment once or twice about how his like heart hurts. And so it made me wonder if somehow Kaibara is using his abilities to like do sonic damage to him almost. So not only is he physically harming him like on the exterior, but there's sonic damage hitting him on like his vital areas, like blood pressure and like heart, like beats per minute or something and causing extra damage. I don't remember him saying anything about his heart. I do remember him talking about his chest and, and about how he can't block sins attacks because of the rotation. And it's like taking chunks out of them, which, you know, like if you've ever, you know, used a drill. Yeah. yeah. Like it's fully capable of doing that. And apparently some of Sin's support items are just metal tips for his extremities, like his fingers, which is wild. Yeah. And at one point in time, he like is able to just vibrate a pipe and it loosens Ojiro and like knocks him loose completely. So it's pretty crazy. Like Ka- Kaibara is a really cool character and his attacks are, I mean, almost impossible to defend against because of those like equipment. I mean, He's going to be able to, especially if they're like diamond tipped or something. I mean, that would tear somebody up pretty easily. Yeah. And we have, I think this is where we get the first instance of uh, Honanuki swimming through stuff, but it happens a lot. And I, I, I don't understand the physics of it. I guess maybe, maybe he has such control that he's able to just soften stuff Im- immediately around his body or... Maybe it's so vast, like the area that he's able to affect, that he basically turns everything into some form of liquid. But the viscosity matters when you're swimming. Like, is it is it like jello or quicksand or water? He swims through it like it's freaking nothing, like it's water. But it also looks like molasses whenever he's swimming. Yeah. Like, it looks like it's moving around him slowly. So it's kind of weird. I was surprised by that that by the depiction of his mobility it, it's good that he has that mobility but i'm i'm not sure that i understand fully how it works because there isn't a whole lot of talk about again like the viscosity of what it is that he softens because the the term i mean the it's softened it's not turns into liquefy you know into liquid um so i don't know it was strange it is strange it, it was still looked cool and it allowed him a tremendous amount of mobility but he's oh, yeah. later on and i think it's in the next episode he's literally swimming from one scene to the next and i find it hard to believe that he would just soften everything between him uh and where he's going it might make some sense that if he almost had like an aoe around him that he's softening as he's moving like it's almost like a traversal maybe that would make some sense i don't know 
I don't know, but after he softens this ice, he pretty much has control over the playing field because he's got Kaibara and Ojiro off to the right fighting. He's got Ida sunk into this ice hole because he's softened it and then rehardened it after Ida tried to go after him. And then they've got basically, I mean, Todoroki's in a spot where he can't use any of his powers at full power because he's in risk of hitting one of his own teammates. And Shoji is, I mean, being protected by him. So he's kind of there just trying to, to you know, do recon and, and keep up with where the enemy is. So, I mean, he's put them in a pretty rough spot right off the bat. Yeah, and Pony correctly identifies where Shoji would be. So she horns him. Like, we get a quirk introduction for her that she can, um, her, her quirk is actually called Horn Cannon, and she can fire these things off. Uh, any any number of them, really, it doesn't seem to have uh, a limit. Maybe she I think she said she could only control limit. eight at a time. She can control four, but I think she can fire more than that. Okay. Um, almost like indiscriminate is okay. how I read it. Um, but I think maybe she has a physical limitation similar to Mineta's balls. Like after so many, there's, they, you know, they just don't produce anymore. Maybe the coolest thing is she uses those horns as like skates. Yes, that is super cool. And like hoverboards. Yeah. Yeah. They're like hover skates. It's really neat. I'm not something I expected at first when I saw her moving around, I was like, is she on rollerblades? And then when I realized it was one of her horns, I was like, okay, that's a really cool way to like utilize your quirk to get from point A to point B. Thinking outside of the box. Good job, Pony. Yeah. And I mean, I still have a beef with her costume because it makes it look like she's meant to be ridden because it has. Uh, <laughs> it is kind of weird. It, it has a, uh, what do you call the little uh, things that, the, that your feet go in and on a saddle um, stirs or is it stirrups? What is it? Stirrups, I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's, I'm, I don't know. I don't ride horses, but she's got those things on her costume and i'm like that's just weird she does end up getting uh taken for eight seconds a little bit later on in the next episode uh like a bullet uh, at, a, at a rodeo but she fires four horns at shoji pins him then she shoots two more um which is really cool sh- to propel tetsu at todoroki through the ice which is yeah. a really cool move yeah that was really cool that was awesome so she set him up to be able to get in close and just start wrecking face uh with uh todoroki so you have we have uh, Jax versus Sub Zero right here. Pretty much, yeah, exactly. <laughs> is what I had in my notes. Man, I watched that new Mortal Kombat movie the other day, and it was pretty good. Uh, it was fun. Like if it was you go fun. into it knowing that it's just going to be a f- bunch of people fighting for no reason, not even for the reason of a tournament. Yeah, it was <laughs> just fighting. It was just, just fun. it was just fun. Yeah, yeah. Hononuki leaves Ida frozen in the ice, um, and he's kind of he kind of is chastising Ida. Um, he, he says, you know, you don't you have a time limit on your reciprocal burst? So you probably should have, shouldn't have used it first. Cause now you're kind of on cooldown. but Ida's just like, nah, dog. Like that was a long time ago, mud man. And I like that he uses a superhero name. Ida continues to be a really good role player. Yeah. And so he, he, he is definitely of the mind that he is a, a hero in all of this, of course. Yeah. Well, earlier um, he, uh, he, he called uh, Juzo a, a villain. I'm pretty sure whenever he sunk him into the eyes, he was like, oh, you dastardly great. villain. That makes some sense. <laughs> Um, but he says, he says a timer, who told you that, bud man? Ingenium is always ready to one rare ever, whenever these legs get the job done. And I've been at full throttle this whole time. And I call shenanigans because that it, it cannot be true <laughs> that I have some real problems with Ida's move set here in just a second. And this is the, where it begins. Right? There's no way he was going a hundred percent this whole time. So it the just way, doesn't make any sense. The way that I understood it was that he he could access 100% at any point in time that whole time. 
Not he that says, it was... I've been at full throttle this whole time. Yeah, I know what he says, but it, I, I mean, he doesn't look like he's at full throttle, especially since he like jacks up his full throttle to break out of the ice. And I mean, it looks vastly different. In fact, we get like this whole flashback where he's talking to his brother and his mom and his brother is like, hey, mom, is it time for us to share the family secret? And at first I was like, oh, man, this is going to be weird. And it turns out that it is kind of weird. Like they're ripping out their mufflers in their legs to tune their engine. So their mufflers get bigger and makes them stronger, basically. And it looks rough. Like, I mean, it, it looked to me like it was no different than pulling out your teeth, basically. That's what I thought of, too. Only these are really big teeth. Yeah. And they're coming out of your leg. And it doesn't even show him doing it in a sense that's like what I would consider medically approved. Like, there's no there's nothing sterile. He's not like got any kind of medical swabs around or anything. He's just ripping mufflers out of his freaking legs in the middle of the forest, like biting down on his freaking sweat rag. Like it's just gross looking. And the way it looks is if it would take a couple of days to grow back in. So he just has a gaping hole. Like it, I would yes. say an easy, like 12 inch hole at, at some point in time, you know, like, I mean, or not 12 inches. I would say at least eight inches, right? Like that's gotta be a pretty big hole. It seemed like. So here's, here's where we're going to get into my problems with, with Edith. Uh, Ida's new uh, move, super move. And technically, I think we've seen him do this before, kind of. I think in the newest movie, he uses Recipro Turbo uh, Turbo against Chimera. Like, I remember him saying Recipro Turbo and being yeah. like, what? I don't remember him using that name before. So this is kind of its first appearance chronologically. But yeah, getting back to him just pulling these pipes out. He, they have to have not been in his legs for some period of time. How did nobody in 1A notice that? You know, how do you, how do you have Mr. Pipe Calf Man walk around without pipes and nobody noticed that he did? Like, how long does it take for these things to grow back in? How quickly do they grow back? And how did nobody notice? And then let's just assume that Class 1A just has rolled a zero on perception check somehow. They had negative <laughs> modifiers. Okay. Um, then when he shows up to this, nobody, and I went back and looked when they showed up to the, uh, the, the gamma site to, to do this particular, uh, exercise, nobody was like, man, Ida, what nice pipes you have. No, there's no mention that his pipes are bigger, but here they definitely are. Do they get bigger between him walking on or him kicking on this particular super move? And now like my thinking is maybe he's a grower and not a shower. <laughs> that's kind of kind of what I was thinking too cuz you're right like it doesn't seem like he all the time has bigger mufflers but then when he activates his quirk it seemed like they almost quadrupled i mean when he first activates it at the end of this episode it seems like it they're big but then like at the beginning of 96 when we see a little bit more of it they seem freaking huge like they almost draw him a totally different way so i, I don't know i'm with you that one is kind of weird there's not a lot of uh consistent uh looks there i guess I mean, my that, only, maybe they retract. My only explanation is that Ida is canonically a grower and not a shower. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the only way that it makes any sense to me. And I still don't like the fact that nobody in 1A noticed that or at least we, we're not given any mention whatsoever that anybody in 1A was like, man, Ida didn't have pipes for a few days. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, that just seems strange to me. It does seem strange because uh, there's no way that he pulls them out and they grow back that quick. Right. I yeah, just, I, I don't agree. know. I can't imagine 
But now he's got new mufflers, and he what says that it's higher. What do you think he did with them? Did he recycle them? Did he sell them for cash? Like, you know, like, if are they made of aluminum? No, he put them under his pillow, bro. Oh, okay. It's the muffler fairy. <laughs> for the muffler sense. fairy. His That's mom right. is sneaking into UA in, like, a, an outfit, like, putting quarters under his pillow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's 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 also canon. Oh, man, this is definitely canon. So he's he's got uh, new mufflers. He says that they're higher horsepower and lower fuel consumption, um, which is exactly what a turbo does. So it's appropriate that he calls this Recipro Turbo. Um, and the old Recipro Burst lasted for 10 seconds. This new version of it lasts for 10 minutes. That is a heck of a hike in power. Yeah, yeah. No in duration. Joke. No joke. Uh, and then it pretty much ends. We we end episode 95 and we pick right back up here for episode 96, which is uh, named Match 3 Conclusion. So you'd never guess what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> match 3 is going to end? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but Ingenium is going fast. That is the opening of this. He is just like all over the place. Like I said, they even change his animation. He's going much faster. It reminded me of the movie when they've got uh, spoiler alert for the movie. Whatever. Is, do we need spoilers for that? Nah. Movie's been out for a while, right? So, anyways, yeah. you've heard me. At the end, Bakugo and Midoriya are doing this thing where they're fighting a nine, and it just turns into, like, lights on a black background. It's yeah. almost like that. Like, Ida gets leveled up. He is all over the place, and it's just lights almost. See, uh, I had that that reminded me of the Gogeta Broly fight at the end of that movie. Like, yes. it's just a totally different animation style. It's super dy uh, dynamic. I think the term... I think there's a term for it that's, like, Sakuga or... Something like that. Like, okay. there's a term for when anime does this very different, very obviously different animation style during uh, intense action scenes. I think it's Sakuga. That sounds right, but I'm not 100% sure. That's interesting. I didn't know there was a whole... Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but, I mean, whenever this happens, it, he explains that he can barely control it. So it shows him, like, it looks like he's trying to go after Mudman or Juzo, but he's not quite able to. I mean, he goes after him a few times, and it's like he goes right past him. So Juzo's able to escape, and this is when he, like, melts the ice, turns it into goo, starts swimming through it, and then hardens it behind him so Ida can't follow. Which makes me wonder, like, when he when Ida broke out of the ice, it shows him, like, wrecking it, ice going everywhere. But if it had been goo, couldn't he have just swam through it as well? Especially with his turbo legs. Like, you'd think he'd just be able to swim instead of run, you know? Yeah, I his, I mean, I in my notes, I have just a bunch of questions about uh, Hononuki's quirk right here. I, in, in fact, I start the list with, I have questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do love in the anime, Ida tells uh, Hononuki that he's under arrest, which is adorable. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Juzo's just nopes out of there. Yeah, and, and it's he funny. Does when the he, thing where he swims. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because when he nopes out of there, Ida's just like, what do I do now? Like, where did he go? Did he go help his friends? Is he waiting to attack me? And the whole time, Juzo's running away, and he's just like, yep, I can't fight that guy. Better go help yeah. someone else. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the smart thing. Yeah. And uh, Deku is now commenting on Recipro Turbo saying that it's even faster than Gran Torino. And there's this interesting exchange. It's different in the anime and the manga, I believe, where in the anime, Mineta says it's because of your shoot style. Ida worked hard to get his individuality back. Um, and I was like, there can only be one foot boy, apparently, um, so, which, yeah. is, which is strange. But that's not how it's worded in the manga. It says instead... Mineta says, ever since you started with that shoot style or whatever, Ida seems to have gotten his mojo back, which is a very different com uh, comment. Yeah, that is different. That's interesting, because definitely the way I, I read it was like, oh, well, we can only have one kicker in this team. 
Yeah, that's exactly what, how it sounds <laughs> like, like in the anime. Okay, what you about Ojiro? Have one boy. Like Ojiro pre- predominantly kicks. You know what I mean? Like he's mainly a mainline fighter. I don't know. That was funny. Speaking of, we catch up with him versing, uh, or versing him. Uh, I have. I do have Ojiro v. Kaibara in my notes, but him versus Kaibara, we catch up and get get to see a good bit of this fight. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is when they kind of break down, like, Ojiro is unable to defend himself against uh, Kaibara's support items. I mean, it just gets to a point where, like, these things are, like, diamond-tipped fingers that are drill bits. It's crazy. And so even when he is blocking attacks with his tail, his tail is just getting destroyed. Uh, and this is where he's talking about those weird pains. So that was what made me think of, like, sonic damage. Uh, and this was when he's like clinging onto this pipe, and then it seems like Kaibara is able to vibrate it, so he causes uh, Ojiro to lose control. And right as he's about to get wrecked, I mean, out of nowhere, Ida comes in to save the scene. He grabs Kaibara, and this was probably one of my favorite scenes in the the more recent episodes because it just hilarious, like. The way Ida looks when he is running with Kaibara, like Kaibara is just like vibrating in circles. It is insane. And it's so funny. It looks like Ida's trying to hold on to the Tasmanian devil in this particular scene, which is funny. Yeah, no, he definitely does. And Kaibara's like begging him to let go. He's like, come on, please let me go. Like, I've got to show off my quirk. It doesn't even make sense that you're attacking me. Like, you should be going after Juzo. I don't know why you'd even be here. You know, that's the more important thing that's going on. It's not logical. Like, this is just one fight. You shouldn't be coming after us. And this is when uh, Ida is like, well, look, like I, my brother would rescue somebody first. This is what my brother would do. Like, we we need to get you guys taken care of. And he slams them right into that prison. It was pretty cool. <laughs> so earlier they were saying that uh, Ida really wanted to be his own person. And then now Ida's like, but I'm also going to be just like this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so much for individuality to a point. Um, also, man... This episode, people are just straight dunking on Ojiro. Like, call, keep calling him ordinary and normal. Even I know. Class 1A people are getting it. Like, Jiro is just like, he's fighting so normally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, god dang. Well, and I think later on, like, someone says something, like, he's able to help out. He does something good for Class 1A. And one of the characters in Class 1B is like, oh, you did that so ordinarily, though. Yeah, it's so <laughs> strange. They just are straight dunk. I mean... It's them, but it's it's Kohei Horikoshi keeps just taking dumps on Ojiro in these things. I Man, wonder if he re- like regrets creating Ojiro. Like he's just like, I don't know what to do with this kangaroo character. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you remember how awesome he was fighting against Chimera at the beginning, uh, the, the, at that first encounter in the movie? How how we were both like, it's so cool to see Ojiro finally just whooping tail, yeah. literally. Yeah. Um, and then here he's getting stymied by a guy who spins his wrists, you know, <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. seems so weird. Like his whole um, hands are, he's like a one massive weaponized fidget spinner, you know? Yeah. <sighs> so we, we cut away to uh, Todoroki and Tetsu. Tetsu is still just bringing it to Roki, man. And uh, Bakugo is starting to throw shade at Todoroki too, saying that he's blasting ice even when it doesn't work. What a small fry. Um, so Bakugo still has a hate on for Roki a little bit. And I have in my notes that I was like, the fire surely is coming. And then like literally the next thing in, in typical AMP fashion, the very next thing that Todoroki does is decide that he's going to start using fire. Yeah, and he does. He, he starts blasting fire left and right, and he's able to push Pony away from Shoji, uh, but Tetsu comes out of nowhere. Tetsu is just ready for this, and he talks about how he's like the perfect hero or to, to take down Todoroki because he he 
can absorb all of the heat. Like he's like, I literally would sit in stoves. Who else does that? You know? And so he's all, he's powered up and it's funny cause Pony's like, go get him, hot tattoo. And immediately yeah. I was like, all right, new team up Todoroki and tattoo, 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 tattoo. Like Todoroki just fuels him up and, and tattoo can take him down with like hot tattoo mode. You know, it was, it was pretty cool. And I'm surprised cause he actually like grabs Todoroki's arms. And I know that Todoroki's flame resistant from his own flames, but I assumed he would be non-resistant to hot steel touching him. I mean, we know he's gotten a burn from hot water. Wouldn't it make sense that Tetsu Tetsu's steel hands or iron hands would actually like burn him? I don't know. Yes. That seemed kind of weird to me. Um, that's that's what I thought too. Okay. To be fair. I'm glad I'm not crazy there. Cause I was definitely like, well, this is kind of interesting, but I mean, Tetsu 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 is not letting up. Like, even though he's able to take on all of this heat, he is punching Todoroki to bits. Like, just telling him, like, man, I don't heat up all you want. I don't care. I'll take it. And we will make this an absolute throwdown. And he's punching him, like, kneeing him. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And Todoroki has a flashback to to his dad teaching him or trying to teach him these lessons and, and these these moves. I assume it's prominence burn, uh, just by the way that he's talking about it. But he's he's trying to learn these moves and and he's he's upset. He's this kid and he's like, why am I having flashbacks of this now? Uh, and it, it it gets pretty crazy. Yeah, he is being reminded of this this push uh, from his dad to raise his heat even beyond what he believes the limit to be. And so Tetsu Tetsu is just like, I'm going to keep punching you until I knock you out. Um, and Todoroki is just like, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this thing. I'm going to go as hot as I possibly can. And, and it's so oppressively hot that people are feeling it from a distance. And Tetsu even starts stumbling backwards. Initially, um, the heat that Todoroki is producing at this point starts melting, um, all the, the ice, uh, even in the, the, like, extended vicinity everything is just melting including the cameras and he keeps saying i can go higher even burn myself to become who i want to be and i just had him emote apparently he wants to be toast um <laughs> uh but you can see what's really cool in the anime is that you can see some of that mist like coming off of his right side like he's still trying to keep it in check a little bit yeah but i think he ditches that eventually where he's just like full on heat and there is a wicked cool panel in the manga of him uh, with this left side just completely engulfed in flames. And it even has this like visual distortion to it. Like the heat is blurring a lot of the line work. Super cool. I'll share this to the Twitter when this episode goes live. It is. It's it. I mean, this, this bit here is just awesome because Todoroki is getting wailed on by Tetsu and he's still like flame on. Right. I mean, he's just continuing to crank the heat up. Tetsu, Tetsu, Tetsu is like wailing on him in the stomach. He keeps, he keeps kneeing him and he tells him, I'm going to push you past your limits. Uh, and then we transition away from that. And, and we're right back to pony who has <laughs> tracked down Shoji in, uh, I, I have in my notes, Cutaway, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Shoto is freaking going off right now, and Tetsu Tetsu is looking at him, and he's just like, "Listen, if it's an endurance contest, let's do this." He's thing. like, "Let's uh, go!" <laughs> yeah, like, and Shoto is talking smack to him. He's like, "Listen, if we keep this up, you're not going to be able to get out of here with just a just a little burn." And so they're going back and forth, and things are really heating up, man. I mean, it is nuts. They're even like total Bakugo vibes, like coming off of these guys as they're really ramping things up. And uh, I think Tetsu says those that don't risk their all during training won't be able to do it in a real fight, which I love. And then Shotaroki, uh, Todoroki, Todoroki just tells him to shut up, which is where the Bakugo comes in, and then he just er 
erupts. And that's when we cut away. And I was like, why in the world? <laughs> and Horikoshi is, t- this is one thing that I really, really dislike about so much of my hero is the cutaway. There's constant back and forth. We talked about before we started this episode, do we want to talk about the fights in total or do we want to jump back and forth? Because he does that all the time. Like That's how he builds uh, like pressure for the story. You know, I mean, that's just how he builds that suspense. And it's and it's him trying to trying to impress upon us the simultaneity of everything, like everything's going on at the same time. Sure. Um, which like we can get that without having like whiplash between scenes, because um, <laughs> it's one heck of a whiplash going from uh, Tetsu Tetsu versus Roki to Pony versus uh, Shoji. The worst is when you have an anime that has like one episode where they go back and forth in time, like some of it is 10 years ago and then some of it is now, but they don't continuously show you that. And the only way you're supposed to know is by like the characters have a little bit of a different haircut or something, you know, I watched something like that with Hannah the other day and we had no idea what was going on. It was just like, (laughs) what is happening? Uh, But anyways, yeah, we, we cut over right like in the middle of this battle to a scene of Pony making fun of Shoji, which was pretty funny. She's like, you know, when I go to the circus, I don't look at the octopuses because I don't like them. Or yeah, when I go to the aquarium, I don't look at octopuses because I don't like them. Which I just, I'm like, well, that's kind of mean. You know, it was kind of mean. He's like, well, I'm used to people being scared of me. And I mean, and then he sprouts freaking 30 arms. I know. (laughs) And she just immediately goes into her superpower too. She hits him with Thunderhorn and she's just shooting, I mean, horn after horn after horn. It looks like it's just an endless stream. And I didn't realize, I mean, he hits it back with Octoblow and he's taking out every single one. Like he is so much faster than I remember him being. Yeah, I just have in my notes. Did you ever watch that show, Pimp My Ride? Yeah. There's like that meme going around where it's like uh, exhibit being like, I heard you like this. So we put that, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so for Shoji, it's like, I heard you like hands, dog. So I put hands on your hands. <laughs> yeah. He's got like 20 freaking hands in this, well, <laughs> in this particular thing. So this is going to come up for me later because there's a moment here where he's trying to reach her and it looks like one hand extends and another hand comes out of it. And then another hand comes out of that. Like it's like one big hando extension, you know? <laughs> he's like stretch Armstrong a little bit. Yeah. So I did, I'm going to bring that up later when something else happens. I did take, so he calls this move Octoblow, which is eight, but it should be like uh, Venti Blow or Viginti Blow, I think is Latin for 20. Um, but anyway, uh, it's semantics. But she, she shoots one horn behind Shoji to try to get the sneak attack in, but an extra hand pops out of his back and snags it. And then Ojiro tail whips the snot out of her. Yeah, he drops down and grabs her horns and is like, you can't shoot them if they're not coming out of your head. So he's keeping... He's going for... Somebody somebody break out the stopwatch. Eight seconds. Here we go. Dude, it was crazy. And then this is when she switches back to English and she's like, yeah, but the way you got me was so ordinary. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just getting dumped on, man. And then, dumped on. out of nowhere, Juzo shows up and he sinks all of them. So Ojiro is sunk. And not only is Ojiro sunk, but he has also got like uh, Juzo's teammate under this goo so can she breathe i don't know it doesn't seem like it and she seems pretty miffed about it whenever they're able to get out because ojiro pulls off a special move that like i don't even know what he's doing he's like like i don't know twirling his tail in a circle like a fan or what it seemed to be yeah that he was twirling it around um and, and i still like and this is another like weird idiosyncrasy like does grabbing pony's horns mean that she can't fire them like, it seems like firing them would be exactly how she would get out of this situation. That's what I thought, like You grabbed too. onto the thing on my head that I can shoot off of my head? Okay, that seemed real dumb. But I'm wondering if it's like the Saiyan tail weakness. You know what I mean? 
That could be. That's the only thing I could think of. But I mean, Ojiro pulls off his special move. He's able to get out because Shoji's able to reach out and pull him out, kind of like quicksand. But the moment that Pony's out, she does something where I guess the tail loosens up and she's able to send horns out and just nails poor Ojiro. I mean, like impales him two horns right into the tail. And he's like, oh, no worries. I can hold on to you. This isn't a big deal. And she's like, oh, no, I want you to hold on to me. And she sends a whole bunch of more horns into him. This poor guy is going to have like all the holes in his body. And she pulls him back into the prison along with her. Like it was a really cool tactic, actually. It even switches over to Vlad, who kind of is like shedding a single proud tear. But I took issue with this because technically she's in jail, too. Yeah, and, and you know, th- this is kind of interesting because he mentions, Vlad actually says in the anime, it doesn't matter how you get put in prison, you're still in prison. And I was like, okay, does that mean Pony should be counted? I mean, she's in a yes. prison, even though it's her prison, you know? It absolutely should. Like, I was frustrated that it didn't count. I liked, I liked that move more when it meant that she got taken made out a sacrifice. Too. Yeah. Yeah, if I, she's in the prison, she should have been out. This is the biggest knock on this entire episode was that. I mean, even even more egregious than some of the hows and how in the worlds of Ida's stuff. Pony should have been out. This shouldn't have been class 1A has one out and class 1B has one out. That I call big BS on that. So you don't think Friendly Fire's turned on? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they go out of the way to say it doesn't matter how you get in jail. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and they do that right after jail. this scene, too. So it did feel weird that they emphasized that from Vlad's perspective. And then she comes back into the fight later. Uh, but before we see any of this, we switch back over to Todoroki. I've got it in my notes as Toads versus Tetsu. Uh, and yeah. Todoroki is like getting sick. Like he's slowing down. He's getting dizzy. He even comments that he can't quite move his body the way he wants to. And he's like, all right, one more push. I've got to get this guy off me. And he starts heating up. And as he does, he creates this like fireball key blast thing. I mean, it looks like a fireball spirit ball what am i trying to say here a fire spirit, spirit bomb. bomb spirit bomb thank you <laughs> uh but yeah i mean it, it does it looks just like a fire spirit bomb basically and uh it's great because it looks like tetsu's about to get melted like immediately i was like man todoroki's gonna kill this guy there is no way he's gonna survive this and then he just sinks into the floor and we don't get to see the cool move Honanuki is like the biggest deus ex machina in this match Dude. because he's just freaking everywhere interrupting in like everything yeah it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't understand it. I it's super cool, but I don't. I don't. Get well, it. they do um, make a point, and I don't think we've said this. He was one of the recommended students. He did not have yeah, to test yeah. in, so it makes sense that he's this OP. I mean, to some extent, Momo and Tokoyami and Todoroki are all that OP as well. That's uh, yeah, in their own sense, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, he causes some sort of pipe to fall, and it brains. Roki. I mean, he starts to lose consciousness. They do go out of their way at some point to say that Todoroki is actually still conscious. Um, then he begins to harden the ground back um, so that he might get stuck in it. But Ida swoops in and just kicks the crap out of Honanuki's helmet, splits it in half. Um, and he's been, <laughs> and then he's like, "Sorry, it took me so long." As fast as he's moving, how has he been gone for this long? Where has he even um, been? I mean, he took he, Kaibara. He went to the jail. That's right, it. That's it. Like he can't, and they can't be that far away. I don't know. That it felt weird that he was taking that long, especially with him using Recipro Turbo. Yeah. Unless he was just you know a mile off in the distance, going crazy, not able to control it. Yeah, that could be. Like maybe it's like the game of Snake, where he could only make like certain turns. Maybe, but that seems like <laughs> you know? he'd just slow down at that point, right? Yeah, it could be. Maybe if he slows, he loses it. I don't know. But he <laughs> he does 
prioritize uh, rescuing Todoroki, which is pretty cool. Um, but he, uh, Hononuki is realizing that it was a big mistake to leave Ida for later. And so he's, he's starting to go unconscious too. Like Ida jacked him up. And so Hononuki is saying that even if I lose consciousness, like all the stuff that I softened is just, it's just going to go back to normal. And that it was different. He, he says that it's different. Like Momo, she passes out. Canon is still in play. Although I still would make the argument that it would make more sense that something that was coming out of her should stop coming out of her. Like not just stop protruding from her, but that there should be like a cessation of that creation. You remember we talked about the little pink effect still boiling around her. Yeah, it seems like it would. I mean, I feel like if she doesn't have like a kill switch on her quirk, it should kill her. Almost quick, yeah, like almost just, immediately. It just makes sense that if she goes unconscious, that whatever it is, you know, her body snaps back to normal and whatever was coming out of her is like, quote unquote, cut off. True. Um, yeah. You know, where her skin was. But anyway, um, he does this this last big move where he calls Tetsu Tetsu over to push over this big tower um, so that he can get it to fall on Ida as he's running away with Todoroki and he softens it so that when it falls on Ida, it's like clay. And then he hardens it back up into the, you know, consistency of concrete, say. Yeah, and it's it's pretty cool because he he mentions something here about how, like, well, if we lose, we lose. I'm not going to be upset. I just say we lost. It just happens, you know. And he's like, but I really don't want to lose because of me. I don't want to let my teammates down. And that's when he pulls off this cool move. And, he, I mean, it sends Todoroki flying, and Ida is totally caught up. Ida can't get out. It seems like his... his uh uh, you know, leg is stuck or something. And we, we switch over to Vlad, who was like praising Kaibara for the fact that he probably slowed Ida down with the, uh, the Ojiro fight. And it's funny because class one, a is like, dude, your commentary again, one sided stop that. Yeah. I still, I don't like that. Ida got caught by this tower because it makes his speed all wonky again. Like as fast as he's moving, that tower fell faster. Yeah, it seems that, weird. That seemed weird to me. Yeah, because that, anyway, that tower fall would be relatively slow, especially in yeah. comparison to how fast we're seeing him move past people. Yeah, but Pony snags Todoroki, Hononuki, and Tetsu, and she does all of this with her horns. She's just standing on her horns, and she decides that, she, that her best move is to basically fly out of Shoji's reach um, so that the time elapses, and so the, the fight ends in a draw, and... Um, I think there's even a comment maybe by uh, Shishida that uh, I don't remember who was upset that it ended in a draw, but Shishida takes issue with it and says, you know, in some cases running away and waiting for rescue is a reasonable option, which is wisdom speaking there. Um, the robots are busy. The little uh, roadkill Ronnie's are busy trying to bust Ida out, which is pretty funny uh, in one scene. And uh, it's it's wild, man. Like we we it's it's not the ending that I think we were all hoping for. I still think that it's BS that Pony got out of got out of jail for free well, and it's um, when her, she was put into one. Well, and her quirk at the end doesn't make sense to me because, I mean, it, they say pretty much up front that she can only control four horns at a time, I think. And when she is returning back, she's being chased by Shoji, who is right on her tail, right? And she's got two horns controlling one of her teammates, Tetsu Tetsu, two horns controlling uh, the other teammate, Juzo, and then she's also controlling the ones under her feet. Like unless I think she switches to just one horn under her feet for this scene. Is that what it is? So I think in the manga, at least the way that it's depicted is she has one horn each on the three people that she's that she is 
taking away from this scene and one underneath her feet. Okay. But like she's riding it kind of like a boomerang. The other frustrating thing, though, is is that she realizes that she is going to get caught. And she does the same thing that Juzo does, which I really appreciated, where she says she doesn't want to lose because of her. You know, she doesn't want to let her teammates down. So she decides to fly up higher, which makes sense. And the downfall is, is that Shoji can't fly, right? But why couldn't he just extend all eight of his arms straight up? Like earlier, yeah. we saw him extend one arm to try and catch her multiple times. It seems like he should have been able to at least do one jump, like one good solid jump to pull her down. I don't know. It wouldn't have stopped anything because of the time limit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. To what end? I mean, they had 10 seconds. He wasn't going to get anybody to jail in that amount of time. No, but so. I don't know that he knew that. And he really shouldn't have stopped until he knew. You know what I mean? That's true. I mean, yeah, just you got to play until the whistle. Exactly. Shoji. Exactly. So anyways, uh, the, they decide to wrap everything up. Uh, Recovery Girl is healing everyone, and, and we've kind of switched. Everything's a little bit more chill now. Uh, Tetsu and Todoroki and Ida are all uh, there in the, the recovery room, and they're talking about how like this was exciting, and they agree that like the fight was just crazy. Like Everything that happened was just so so much more than they expected. And Todoroki realizes he's got some habits he needs to change with his approach to how he utilizes his quirk. Like he has ingrained it into his body to not use fire, but that was kind of his downfall this time. He didn't act quick enough. And, and you know, the whole time Ida is talking about how like he was too slow and, and Todoroki takes the blame. He's like, no, actually you are very fast, but this time around I was the one that was slow to act. It was my fault. And then Juzo slides the curtains off to the side and is like, yeah, me too. I've got some stuff to improve. I was yeah. There's a lot of respect in this in this hospital scene. There was like passed around these students. I was really impressed with this new character as well. Like I, I mean, I I did not expect uh, for Juzo Hononoki to really like imprint on me at all, but something about him just stands out. He's a cool character. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, and we know that one of the I think we learn in the at the very end maybe of this episode that one of the members of Class One B in the next. Uh, in the next match was also in yeah. on recommendation. Setsuna Tokagi. Uh, yeah. I call her Lady Deconstruct in my uh, notes because I still don't know her name. <laughs> That's awesome. So I have I have it's Sato, Sero, Jiro, and Bakugo who are the, this, the O Squad versus Blade, Centipede, Lady Deconstruct, Awase, and Bondo. So Lady Deconstruct, I'm guessing that has something to do with her... Uh... Her quirk? Yeah, she's able to like... Uh, she's able to like detach parts of her body? I think this. I think that's what hers was. Okay. I'm trying to remember because I just barely like looked at, looked it up once when when I was trying to figure out if her costume was thematic. Do you think but she's think uh, she, she's she's like a Mrs. Potato Head? Is kind of the impression that I had. Do you think she's related to our buddy Wrapped from uh uh what what do you call it uh um, Vigilantes from Vigilantes? Yeah, I mean their last name's the same, isn't his Tokage? Uh, um, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to look that up. I hadn't, I hadn't even caught She's that. also There's, known as Lizardy, according to the fandom, or the, the Wikipedia page. So maybe, maybe she is related to him. That'd be cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good catch. I, I did not make that connection. Well, mostly because I didn't bother to look up her name. I called her Lady Deconstruct. So <laughs> <laughs> you would have seen that if it hadn't been for me. So yeah, you, you're there is, Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. There's a really funny scene that kind of ends all this where Monoma is you know, chastising or making fun of class one. A. He's, he's being Monoma and he's, he's saying that their backs are against the wall. If you lose or draw, then you can't win anymore. And I'm like, well, you know, it's the same for one B bro. Um, but he's been looking forward to the fourth match because Tokage is in it. Yeah. There's her name right there. Rap Tokage. I've got it in my notes. There's also a weird um, thing though, where he's like, I'm excited for this specifically because of her and Bakugo. Like he's excited to see the two of them face off. Yeah. 
I think so, because Tokage is in the mix. Well, in the manga, it says, why you ask? Because Tokage is in the mix. Bakugo had better be ready is, is his I guess he, terminology. he probably realizes that Bakugo's strategy is to force the other ones to do nothing while he takes over. <laughs> yeah, we get that sense, too, because Bakugo's walking away from them, and he, they're basically like, uh, they're freaking out about his quote-unquote strategy. So Jiro's like, you're seriously suggesting that? And there, somebody else, maybe Sato's like, that, that sort of strategy, no way, man. And Bakugo's just like, did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. That's what we're going to do. Um, so I'm curious to see. I mean, of course, the, my reflex is to do is to think what you think, which is that he's just going to be like, y'all, y'all, you know, extras, you sit out. I'm going to take care of this on my own, um, but we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe this is his turning point. I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> We do get a very short extra extra credit uh, after credit scene where uh, Midoriya makes mention that Kachan's fighting style has changed a little bit. So that excites me a little bit more about the next couple of episodes as well. And I do hope that, again, the pattern of two episodes per match holds up. I think that that's a good pacing. It doesn't drag out, but you also don't feel like it's over in a flash. So. The Two only episodes. problem I have with big seasons where all of the episodes are like this is that the, the entire season takes place in the matter of like a day. So timeline wise, it doesn't feel like we're making a whole lot of progress. You know what I mean? True. True. Well, we decided um, that's all we have for for rather for these two episodes. And as the segment for this week, we decided that we were going to talk about some mundane applications for some of the quirks of the 1B students that we've met so far in the first three matches. And I seeded this in our Discord, and we'll share those. And then, Adam, I believe you have a couple yes. ready to go as well. I do. I have two. I have one for Tetsu, 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 and Kinoko Komori. And I was nervous because when you posted that in the Discord, I saw a couple folks chime in with Tetsu, and I was like, ah, I see. They're going with the, the good old standby, but not the one I've come up with. And that has held true yeah. till right now. Yeah. So I'm curious... We, we before we recorded we both said the same thing like no way anybody has come up with my tetsu 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 mundane application so there's no way we have the same one because i'm looking at mine there's no way you said the same thing that i did <laughs> do you want me to go um, ahead and tell I'll, you or no 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 okay. i'm gonna read the ones from discord first um so we had omega um who's a big anime uh, he he we kind of lost him a little bit during vigilantes because he's anime only um just totally he reads cool. the manga as well. I don't think he reads. I don't think he reads Fitzalani's though. I know he's like current on MHA proper. So, uh, but Omega says that Kaibara is a no-brainer. He would be really valuable in the construction industry. Said the same thing about Tetsu Tetsu. That his resistance would prove to be a boon. That he could just be a part of the demo squad. So we both had talked about maybe they could go work for Uraraka's parents. Um, then we had Tomac, who said that he imagines Juzo Hunanuki could work repaving roads with his quirk or being able to move underground to do something in the mining industry, possibly handy in a cave-in. For sure. Um, Omega chimed in on top of that and said that Hunanuki might be able to liquefy a building and then reharden it, and that might be helpful when it comes to demolition as well. And uh, we will... So next AMP episode, we're going to invite you guys to submit your own ideas for support items for heroes or, or villains. And then the next episode, so we're talking episode 80 of the AMP, we're going to circle back to the rest of Class B that we see in matches four and five. So you'll be thinking about that. Hit us up in the Discord, ping us on Twitter. Um, so Adam, why don't you hit me with your mundane quirk applications for Class 1B 
so far. I will. Before I do, I just had a thought, you know, with Omega's comment there saying he could liquefy a building and then reharden it. It would be helpful when it comes to demolition. I wonder if it would also be helpful during like uh, fighting a fire. You know, if you've got a massive building that's on fire, if you could liquefy it, would the fire go out? Does that goo liquid stuff burn? You know what I mean? That could be interesting. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. It could be interesting. Because his, his quirk is so... <laughs> like undefined to us sure. to, a, to a pretty high degree sure. right now. So Okay, so my first one, uh, I want to go ahead and get Tattoo out of the way. So we all know that his hardness has something to do with the level of iron in his blood, right? What mm-hmm. if he did like medical studies and did test trials for either iron supplements or medication that could mess with people with high iron levels? That way they would be able to have a really good test subject and know like, okay, this guy has to have high level of, of iron in his body or his quirk doesn't work. They, you have got to be kidding are you and me. I, are we doing the same thing? No, we're not even oh, close. Oh, damn. <laughs> you had me so excited. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. I was excited. You could have just gone along with it. Would have made my night. Uh, no. Do you want to know what mine is? I am curious now. What's more mundane than being a pharmaceutical test subject? Tetsu Tetsu could make a living being a living statue. Okay. Yes, he could. One of those mime guys. <laughs> I was trying to go like, oh, that's good. I like that. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, my other one is for Kiniko Komori or Kiniko Komori. Um, I had two for her, actually. So one, she would be an incredible chef for one night in every city. She could come in and talk about being like the world's best mushroom chef and then like make all of these mushroom dishes with all these different mushrooms charge you for it and then get out of town and when they disappear in three hours and you're left hungry she'd be running away with all kinds of money she'd be the perfect villain <laughs> you think they disappear from your gut they'd have to i they mean disappear. That, that does follow they yeah. disappear yeah so my huh, other thought process was mushrooms are really well known for doing all kinds of like in crazy like crazy amounts of microbial life wherever they are like it's really crazy what mushrooms will do to a soil and like if mushrooms will grow in an area there has to be a certain level of microbial life and like the microsphere has to be or i think they call it the rhizosphere that's where the microbes live in the soil it has to be really specific. So with her ability, she could treat soil all over the world and bring it back to life, I would imagine. Even if those mushrooms were only active for a few hours, with her quirk, she could actually bring a lot of dead soil back to life, which could create a lot of really cool opportunities for new uh, you know, developments as far as like uh, grass and stuff in areas with wind. And like, I mean, it could just do so much stuff. Like, I guess it's really not mundane. It's kind of cool uh, if you're yeah. into dirt, but I just thought that was kind of <laughs> neat. You know, like, I mean, she has so many applications when it comes to those mushrooms and how it could cultivate the land. Yeah. Assuming that they work the same way as regular mushrooms. She could also be a psychedelic drug dealer if you really wanted to be. Well, do you lose the high as soon as the things disappear from your system? What makes her the true villain? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I thought that maybe the two hour limit was just they degrade in that amount of time. Not that they're just like pop disappear, like just as they did when they reappear. But uh, I don't know that that's clear. So I'm not sure either. I mean, it seems like the court could go either way. I could see it just yeah. being like a pop out of existence thing, but it feels like they were organic enough. I mean, she was having to miss the area for the right environment for them to grow. So I don't know, because she is spreading the spores. She creates the spores, which makes me think that they would grow just like normal mushrooms. It just seems weird that they would lose their physicalness. You know what I mean? Yeah. It said the mushrooms can grow from various surfaces, including her surroundings, her body, and even her opponent's body. They only last for two to three hours. It doesn't say if they disappear or wilt. Oh, anyway, do you have any more? Nope, those are just my two. I had several for for Kamori's uh, quirk, so I figured I would just run with hers. I think her quirk is really neat. Like, 
I feel like it, you could do a lot of things with it that people wouldn't realize could just really benefit the world. Yeah. I have, for Juzo, I tried to be, like, super mundane, like, nothing that even is, like, hero adjacent, but for Juzo, I had a couple of ideas that are more like first responder alternatives. Um, so he would be a safer alternative to spike strips and high-speed chases. Oh, he could just yeah. soften the ground in front of a high-speed car chase. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so, uh, and then if he was a firefighter, he could just tell people just jump straight out of the windows onto the ground without having to try to make them aim for a laughably small trampoline like they do in a oh, yeah. Three Stooges. That's actually a really just good like, word. Yeah, no, seriously, trust me, just jump. <laughs> I had never thought of that. That's awesome. Yeah. But people would have to really trust him or know that what his work was for that to work. But, <laughs> April uh, Fool's. You could do it. Like, it's yeah. just, a prank. For it's Pony, just a prank, bro. <laughs> for Pony, I had that uh, she could always get her groceries into the house in one trip because she could just put them on her, hang them on her horns and take them inside. That's fair. But uh, I feel like Tetsu 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 would always get their groceries in on one trip anyways. I'm sure. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Then uh, for Kendo, I have, uh, she never has to buy a giant number one foam hand when she goes to sporting events. Uh, it's easy to locate her in crowds when she decides that she wants to wave you down. True. Uh, that if she decides that she wants to flip you a bird uh, and you're an, another driver on the road, that you will never not notice it. <laughs> uh, and then that lastly, she could provide her own umbrella oh, in the rain. Oh, you missed She'd one. Like, oh, crap. What? The world's best fly swatter. <laughs> uh, maybe. I like my uh, living statue for Tetsu Tetsu. That one is really good. Really, really good. Yeah. You don't need to be a hero, Tetsu Tetsu. Just go stand still for a little while and then scare children and take their money. And beat people up. I mean, like, let them give you money. Don't be a villain. But, you know. Sure. Well, I think that's That's all I got. That's going to wrap us up for this episode. Yeah. Yeah, man. These were fun. I'm I'm excited to get into the next match. Uh, It's going to be a big one. I think everyone's waiting on match five, though. That'll be the one that, like, people are stoked for, I think. We are. We are. Um, I'm. been excited for all these and, and surprised by all of them too so i wasn't expecting a draw i'll be honest i didn't see that one coming me neither me neither but episodes 90 what 97 and 98 next week next, not next week but two weeks from now we'll see everybody two for 97 now. and 98 see you guys see ya. almighty podcast is brought to you by the back patio network you can follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod or follow at BackPatioNet for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash BackPatioNetwork. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O. 